Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople in the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. And so today I have my first first ever recurring guest, and that's Mark Henriksen from the YouTube channel and podcast, Hey Mark and Mark D. Henny. Anyway, I'll give him a few minutes here to kind of introduce himself or reintroduce himself to you guys. So, hey, Mark, thanks for joining me. Hey, how's it going, Zach? Thank you so much for having me back. I appreciate it. Uh, how's it going, everybody that's listening? My name is Mark, obviously, but I, uh, I do run the podcast, Hey Mark. It's available on every single podcast platform. It's also on YouTube as well. Mark D. Henny, like Zach said. Um, my background falls a lot in the realm of you know mental health and self-development. I grew up um, dealing with a little bit of mental illness and kind of struggling with my mindset a lot of the time. Um, but I do work in the trades. That's how Zach and I met. I'm a carpenter apprentice and he's the electrician on site for one of the job sites that we're working at right now. And yeah, when the two of us met, we kind of were just talking about, I think we, we started off by talking about different podcasts that we listened to or different audio books that we were listening to at the time, I think, and just found that we had a lot of similarities in terms of the topics that we were interested in. And uh, we kind of kicked it off from there ever since then. We've been making podcasts and uh, here and there we feature each other on our podcast and, and I feel like our energies kind of collide very well. Yeah, man, I agree. I, I That's a good way to put it. I mean, I remember, I think the first thing we were talking about was uh, this past weekend with Theo Vaughn, his podcast, and then we were kind of just, you know, bonding over that. And then it, it it's kind of funny how it snowballed into into what this is now. Like I you know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I don't really get a chance to talk about a lot of that stuff on sites with a lot of people. <laughs> like, like I'm even sheepish just to even say that I have a podcast, let alone like to really talk about it with other people to get in, in depth with it. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of funny, though. I, I, I am. I do feel that way. I don't find myself like bringing it up all the time when I'm when I'm in the construction world, bringing up like, hey, I have a podcast or I, I listen to a ton of different podcasts, even some of the podcasts that I listen to, like, even though it's such a wide array of different topics from like business to mental health, self-development to just like comedians listening to people like Theo Vaughn. Yep. And I, I feel like so many people can relate to it and we don't really talk about it, but then it's really funny sometimes how you start to talk about it and the people that you wouldn't assume that would relate to it, start relating to it. Oh yeah, man. It's, it's awesome. Like, and those are kind of the best conversations are the ones that just naturally grow. And you kind of like, again, while you're working or doing whatever you're kind of, it takes your mind off the task you're, you're busy with. And it's nice. It makes the day fly by. Like I, that's the one thing I like, like you and I both know that job that we kind of met on and worked on. It's a bit of a, a hell gig, but, but at the same time, like those kind of days, they just go by a lot faster if we're able to kind of talk and, you know, I don't know, relate that way. Yeah. And I feel like the longer that I've been there at that, at that specific site, for sure, I feel like it almost just becomes comedic about how many like problems come up or different roadblocks or, or uh, speed bumps. It's, it almost just makes us laugh at this point. 
Oh man, and we were both so stoked to be out of there. Well, at least for the next while anyway. <laughs> last week, it's like, hey man, last day, last day. Like, we'll be back there here and there. But for the most part, the bulk of that heavy lifting is done now. Thank God. Yeah, we're just waiting for flooring to go back in. And then we're putting some kitchen cabinets in there and uh, doing a little bit more finished work. And then we're done. Yeah, man. Once you guys get the kitchen cabinets in, I can do the, the final bit of lighting, make it look pretty. And then you guys can uh, take your pictures and roll out of there. Pretty much. That's pretty much the way it rolls. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> right on. So I figured that the the topic that we could kind of get into today is just that mental mindset and the kind of the ability to grow through different challenges and losses in life. I mean, I've, I've been pretty open about it on this podcast. I know you are on your podcast as well, uh, specifically talking about mental health and just the different hurdles that people face in everyday life, which I think is an, an awesome topic. And it's honestly something that you know, you being 25, there's, I would not have been having those conversations at 25. So I think it's a, it's a pretty cool platform that you're building. And I think it's, uh, it's something that a lot of people will be able to relate to, especially nowadays, and kind of with just the age that everybody, you know, you, you can cultivate a pretty good, good audience in that kind of quote, unquote, millennial Gen Z area. Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, first, I gotta say, thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm not and, just uh, pumping your tires either. I, I really do like it. No, I, I appreciate it, man. And like, that's kind of what motivated me to start doing it in the first place is because nobody really expects it. And I mm-hmm. feel like, um, you know, a lot of the time that I was suffering, I think that we did kind of maybe cover this a little bit last time, but I'll just kind of reiterate if we did. But I feel like a lot of the suffering that I went through, especially growing up, and I don't know if you could relate to this at all, but a lot of the depression and the anxiety that I suffered from was because I was trying to mask it or hide it. And for so long, I kept wondering to myself, like, why do I feel like I, I need to hide this? Why do I feel like I need to not talk about it? Like, is everyone else kind of feeling the exact same way? Like, are we all kind of at a stalemate of just like, we all feel this, but then we aren't saying anything. Yeah. And the more I kind of openly talked about it, the more people would kind of either reach out and say, hey, like, you know, I feel the exact same way. And I just couldn't put words to it or I was too scared to speak about it. Or they would reach out and say like, hey, you know what, a family member of mine or a friend of mine kind of deals with something like that. And I couldn't understand why they were feeling the way they were, or why they were acting the way they were. And now I'm kind of understanding kind of like the thought process a little bit more. And the more people reached out, I was like, man, I got to start kind of openly saying stuff like this. And it, it started off with me. I think I made like a Facebook video once, like three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and it got like a huge response. And it was just like literally me after an anxiety attack, just kind of like talking myself out of it. And then I was just like, look, like if anyone else feels this way, feel free to reach out. And then it got huge feedback. And I was like, wow, this is something that people I feel like need to hear about. Yeah, man. That's how it started. I, I think that's incredible, especially, you know, especially nowadays. I mean, I think a lot of more people are on edge and kind of just unsure of what's going on. Right. So I, I think uh, I'd encourage anybody to kind of give it a listen. I think it's uh, I think you've got a lot of knowledge to spread. And I really I, I really appreciate the message. Like I said, I, I like even your your quick little like seven to 12 minute episodes, too. They're they're good little. I don't know. I, I just I really like them. I throw them into my headphones while I'm working and it's it's awesome. But that all kind of plays into the mindset, too, right now. And what I like. And you kind of touched on it there, but the idea of these things that you're thinking or feeling and you're not really bringing them up, thinking that other people aren't going to relate to it, but especially on site, 
I, I feel the same thing. Like I like to just talk and it's, it's nice when you kind of strike that common chord with, with other people. And you realize that a lot of people are feeling the exact same way, or they have similar interests or whatever. And you can really start to pick up steam in conversations that way. And I, uh, again, like I noticed that a lot in, uh, working out of town in remote work was just that, especially come that second or third week, whatever, if you're running a two or a three week shift, um, everybody's kind of feeling that same sense, that same, <laughs> I don't know, everybody's pretty down by that third week. And it, it was really nice to kind of open up and just discuss that openly with people without feeling, you know, the, the shame attached to it or whatever, just feeling self-conscious. Cause that's my biggest thing is usually just the idea of I'm, I'm just self-conscious about talking about that kind of stuff. So I, uh, I always appreciate kind of meeting up with people on site and being able to talk openly about that. It just, it takes a lot of pressure off the situation. Yeah. And I feel like, especially like at work, like say you're in a site where like you're, you're with like, I don't know how many guys you're working with, but just like, I, I'm going to throw it an easy number. Say you're working with like 10 guys, right? Yeah. And like six of them or seven of them are like kind of, you know, they could be like worn down, maybe fatigued, maybe like tired. They've been working for a long period of time, whether that's like, like you did on, or like kind of a couple weeks stint, or maybe they just had a long day. Right. But nobody's actually like vocalizing that. Like what happens to your attitude? Like when you are feeling that fatigue, when you are feeling like that, like rundown, like you're a lot more like you're more testy, you're less patient, right? You're a little bit more irritable. Maybe like you're not going to take jokes the same way, or maybe you're going to make jokes in a different way. Mm -hmm. And then like, kind of like everyone's almost like getting under each other's skin and that exerts more energy. So like you're exhausting yourselves more and more. Oh yeah. Just being grumpy and bitter because nobody's actually like talking about it. They're just feeling those feelings and then taking it out on each other. Whereas like when you start to voice it, like when we're at that house <laughs> that we're talking about, and we are like all openly like, you know what? Oh, I'm dealing with this issue right now when I'm trying to work on this or, Hey, I'm working on the panel over here and I'm dealing with this, like whatever issues like people are dealing with. And it's kind of like, we're almost like bouncing these off each other. And then, you know, it's not like I can give you tips on being an electrician, but <laughs> we can kind of make jokes with each other about, about the struggles that we're going through and how we feel. And then it starts to make the day go by faster. Like you were saying, right? Oh man, absolutely. And I like what you touched on too, is just as everybody kind of gets testy, like the reactions to jokes are different. Like everything can just get blown so out of proportion. So it's just, it's awesome to kind of be able to openly talk about that. And that was the one thing I found, like when I first started working up North, I was, you know, pretty quiet, self-conscious. I didn't want to talk about necessarily what was going on. But as soon as one person kind of breaks that barrier down and starts talking about what they're feeling or whatever, what, what challenges they're facing with that day, it just, everybody around you kind of starts opening up and it creates such a good bond in a, in a crew too, which I, that's one thing I do miss, like working now in smaller construction companies and doing uh, service calls and that kind of stuff. That's one thing I miss is the friendships that you build on site too, when you're all kind of leaning on each other. But uh, yeah, that's why I liked kind of working with you and meeting you because it's kind of that same, that same bond anywhere, that same like-minded thinking. So it was kind of cool. Yeah, it is really sick, man. I really enjoy like when you're working with one or two guys where you're just like really close and like you kind of feel like you're like, yeah, in the same mindset, in the same kind of like, not even like the same interests all the time, but like kind of just like your personalities can get along. It makes a day go by way faster and you like literally genuinely have fun and enjoy your job a lot more, right? Because you're having that kind of not like a personal connection, but like you're kind of like able to transcend your own problems at one, at some point. 
Like oh. you, instead of just like working by yourself and dealing with whatever struggles you're dealing with, you're kind of working with other people. And it's like, even though you're not working on the exact same thing, it's like almost like collaborating to build a, a big project that, well, that essentially is what it is, right? That essentially is it, but you're right. Like when, when everybody's kind of putting, if you've got that same end goal in mind, like sometimes it's really easy to get lost in the little project that you're working on, like whatever, whatever the task may be, you know, for you, if it's framing out, boxing out windows, or for me, if it's, you know, this one electrical run that I'm doing, like it's easy to kind of lose sight of the big picture, but you're right. If you guys all have a, have like an equal goal, even if you're, or the same goal and you're all working on different aspects of it, it definitely helps kind of build that camaraderie on site as well. And that's one thing again. So that's one thing I miss about working on big sites, but at the same time, I'm not working out of town in negative 40 degree weather. So the, you know, the, the, the positives probably outweigh the, the negatives there, but I, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's one thing that I really missed. And one thing that I wanted to talk about today too, is just kind of growing through challenges and losses. Like I know that you're very open with it on your podcast, but people might not be familiar with it. And so for me anyway, like I, you know, again, like on, on the site that we were at when we had the original electrical inspection and I failed a section in that, that, um, the basement there, like even those little kind of things, like they don't affect me once I leave work. That's not something that I kind of dwell on and bring home with me. I, I try to make those clear cut barriers between work and my home life, but, but those kind of losses or little challenges that you hiccup with, even in work, like they're, Every time I get one of those, I try to learn from it and grow from it. Like I think anybody should, I try not to get resentful or even angry at an inspector anymore. I just, just try to, you know, add it to my toolbox and carry it with me to the next job is my idea. And so I figured, yeah, we could kind of get into that a little bit. And for people who aren't as familiar with you, we can relate, you know, personal struggles, whatever, but the way that it kind of can strengthen and harden your mindset when it comes to work or, you know, just building yourself up to face bigger and greater goals and challenges moving forward yeah like um i think I, I wish oh actually i do remember where this is from it was uh so i read this novel this year right it's uh well it's not really a novel it's a book by mike smith he used to be a coach for the atlanta falcons okay i'm not even a football fan i'll be 100 percent honest but a friend of mine gave me this book it's called you win in the locker room first mm -hmm. and one of the chapters was called loss and it was an acronym l-o-s-s -S. okay and it's, uh learning opportunity stay strong and so what i got from that basically is like pretty much every single loss that you go through or every single challenge or adversity that you go through is like a lesson and you're actually if you get mad at whatever's going on you're not actually going to absorb the lesson if you're able to actually like look back at it and reflect you can learn the lesson that you're needing to learn so that you can succeed the next time right well so yeah like I, sorry Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like, even when, like, like what you said, like, kind of when you get defensive, if you're, if you get defensive, you know, you're putting your walls up, you're not really going to absorb anything at that point. You're just trying to look for, you know, reasons why it might not be your fault or things that, you know, the inspector may have in, in this specific case, things that the inspector may have, you know, called wrong or interpreted a rule wrong, whatever it is. Like, I, I completely agree with you. Sorry, I cut you off, though. Well, no, I mean, and I, I like that. And you could even ask questions as well. Like, I know, like, we went through quite a few inspections at that place because it felt like every single inspection, there was new things we were failing on. Oh, yeah. And every single time, like it kind of got to a point where we got frustrated and we got to a point where we literally just said to him, like, what do we need to do to pass? And like, <laughs> like actually, like it got to that point where like, okay, this is like the third time now, like, what do we need to do? 
we just want to pass. Like, we're not trying to play anybody. We just want to actually follow whatever you're trying to get us to do. And he starts explaining like, well, this is what I keep catching you on. Like, it's like, you know, maybe sealing a certain part of the house from water or certain areas, you know, for making sure that they're vented properly. And he's like, this is why I'm looking for this. This is why I'm looking for this. And we're actually starting to piece the site together. And it's like, okay, I, this actually makes sense. And then the next time he came through on the inspection that he passed us, he wasn't even in the place for probably more than two minutes. He literally just walked through. He's like, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, man. And that, you know, it's, it's nice too. like what you touched on, like if you can identify a pattern or, or, or if you know what this goal is that he's looking for, it's so much easier to accomplish that rather than like, you know, in for you guys, for framing inspections, for me, for electrical inspections, you know, sometimes you get such a vague inspection report that you don't actually know what you're pinpointing or what you're targeting to fix. And so it's nice when an inspector does lay it out, even if you have to kind of coax it out of them like you guys did. Like, it's nice to actually have a clear cut set of things that you have to accomplish or things that you need to correct in order to pass that. There's nothing more frustrating than getting a vague inspection report and being like, okay, so it says something in the basement is incorrect. <laughs> like, where am I going to start here, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of brutal that way. But I feel like a lot of those times, if nothing else, it's like a chance to practice patience. <laughs> That's the best way I could look at it. Man, that whole job for the past, I don't know, for you guys, it's probably the past, what, 10 months. And for me, the last four months is an excellent practice in patience. That job <laughs> felt like it was never going to end. Yeah, it's uh like I, that job actually i'm gonna be 100 percent honest though has boosted my confidence a lot i'll be like when i when i walked in there every single day i felt like a complete idiot like i was so lost because it's such a it's it's almost like a daunting job for an apprentice because everything that could go wrong really did oh absolutely like, and so now that we're kind of through all of that like when we redid the flooring there it was like kind of my first crack at redoing a floor that was like not level at all every single wall was out of plumb like literally the, everything that could have been messed up on that floor was well and the and house is what 105 years old wasn't it built in 1916 or something like that 1912 so it's 113 years old. coming up 1912 yeah is that 113 109 years old 109 109 yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Like, and, and yeah, you're right. Like I was even, I mean, I don't know the first thing about leveling a floor, but when I was in there last week watching the, the Tyler do it, like he's laying down second layers of tile in certain areas just to raise the floor level to get it level. Like I, I don't know. I can't imagine that. I, I don't have that fine attention to detail. It's probably why I'm an electrician. <laughs> I like to kind of rough a bit of stuff in. I mean, it, it. I can make it look good if I'm if that's the job. But at the same time, I like to make sure it works. I'm not as concerned about how it looks necessarily. I just don't have the eye for that. But when I saw that, like I couldn't imagine the challenges you guys were facing just trying to build the actual structural support for it to keep it somewhat level and you know at corners. Yeah, it was, uh, there was a lot of jacking of a lot of different areas of that house, that's for sure. We had to jack up a lot of areas, put in new posts, put in new beams. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. I think the roof was probably one of the biggest challenges, that's for sure. <laughs> well, like, like you said, I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but facing a job like this with this many challenges, I mean, again, I'm, I'm only, what, six years older than you? I'm not going to try to 
say that I have some special wisdom to impart on you, but guaranteed that moving forward, you're going to take this job and everything else is going to seem so easy. And you're going to carry like, you're going to look at this job in the future and be like, man, like it's such a, it's such a nice change to work on something that is level that stands straight up. That doesn't have warps in the walls. Like, I don't know. I find that way anyway. Now, like when I'm not working on knob and tube, which this house was, and for anybody who's not, familiar that's like early 1900s wiring there's no grounding system it's completely against code now but working with it is a pain in the ass and so anytime that i'm not working with knob and tube now i I like to try to keep that in mind like this job could always be much worse and i think you're going to carry those lessons forward to new jobs too yeah 100 percent. like i literally so i had uh, the day off on monday and one of my buddies is kind of doing a, a small renovation at his place and he's redoing his subfloor. And he was like, man, I just can't get this first corner because the walls aren't at a 90 degree angle. And I was like, bro, I'll be over tomorrow. Like what, like, <laughs> like literally what time do you start working on your place? And he's like, well, it's like, I don't have neighbors around here so we can start at seven. I was like, I'll see you then, man. And I went over and helped him out. Like dude, he was so thankful and so happy. And I was like, man, I can't believe like, it's so, it's such a cool feeling. It's like, yeah, I just learned how to do this. I can show you, man. It's easy. That's so cool. Yeah, I spent the last year doing this, so no problem. And like, yeah, exactly. And and I I know that I get I get this same sense from my work, but like that that service aspect of it, and just being able to 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 really kind of give somebody that I find is such a rewarding part of the job. Like for me personally, it's troubleshooting. It's going to a job where somebody's lights have been malfunctioning or not working for a few days. They have no answers. They don't know what's going on. And then you come there, spend. 20 minutes, 40 minutes there. And all of a sudden you've got all their lights working, all their electrical back on. People are so thankful for that. And that's something that I think a lot of people, like I like to try to try to present that as another positive aspect of the trades because people think of like the stereotypical plumber on some sitcom coming in with his pants hanging down halfway down his ass and just like kind of bumbling, you know, the, the bumbling idiot in the show. And there's so much more to trades than that. And you can really you can really get a lot of meaning and a lot of gratitude out of it too. And I think that you're going to start to feel that that sounds like you already are, but when you start to gain those little fine tuned skills in it, it, you can really, you can really help people out that way. Yeah. It's, it's fulfilling in a couple of different ways for sure. Like I think that I I'd advocate for a lot of people to try and get involved in the trades. If they are, you know, struggling with certain things like self-worth or self-confidence, or if they need to develop a little bit more work ethic, because I think that it is really motivating a to help people like kind of like, especially we do renovations and restoration work. So a lot of the time we are in there to fix people's houses. Like sometimes we do make the joke, like we're not always here for a good reason, you know, like, like today we were working on a balcony. Yeah, exactly. Like today we were working on a balcony and they had a leak that went in and it actually dripped in from the balcony and into the homeowner's office where he has like all of his books and all of his electronics and his computer. And so he's like kind of not freaking out, but he's not pleased. So so we had to go over there and take everything apart. And, you know, it's fulfilling. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this. It was fulfilling for me in two ways today because we were able to put him at ease, but because I've, I've actually been to this building specifically before and I've done something similar to this in the past, when I'm starting to ask like my foreman, Hey, is this like the reason why this is happening? Or is this what we should be doing next? And I'm actually starting to understand a lot more about like the actual process of each job. 
it's it's a lot more fulfilling for me because it's like well i'm not wasting my time here i'm actually learning something and these are skills that are going to be able to be applicable in you know my household in the future or any of my family members as well like it, it gives me a sense of like self-worth in that like i'm able to help people out in the future that i care about as well not just to make money no no and that's the that's the thing like i uh, now have my own place like it's it's nice to be able to fix something like i'm i'm not a plumber but just a few weeks ago i had to pull our toilet because our son flushed a toy down there <laughs> it got <laughs> backed up with uh you know, toilet paper, shit, the whole nine yards. I, I had to pull it all out, lift the tank, lift the toilet, pull it all out by hand. And I'm, you know, that there's a reason I'm not a plumber. I don't necessarily like doing that, but you're right with that whole sense of fulfillment. Like I felt great after I did that. Like, it's like, look what I was able to accomplish. I'm, I'm in no way trained to do this, but there's something about working with your hands that I think, I think does that for you that just, you're able to see a job through from start to finish. You can physically see the changes, right? And you, you know, that you had a direct, if not the complete impact on that, on that job. Right. And that's one thing that I think, uh, Again, like I know you're familiar with him, but Mike Rowe, who does like dirty jobs and all those other shows, I grew up watching him. I grew up pretty much idolizing him because I thought I thought it was just so cool that he was highlighting the trades and the different aspects of it, kind of like what we're talking about now. But I think that that's something that should be brought to the forefront of a lot of people's attention. You know, there's a lot of I'm sure when you were going through high school as well, there's a lot of uh, kind of weight put on university and colleges and trying to get an expensive degree through all that. But at the same time, like there's so much fulfillment you can get working with your hands, helping people out, you know, solving problems, which I think it sounds like that's kind of your favorite part too, is, is solving people's problems and trying to help fix their situation. And that's the same thing that I got to get out of it. And it's just, it's such a fulfilling feeling. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I think that a lot of it is like kind of, I call it puzzle solving, but yeah, problem solving, like kind of trying to figure out like what's going on and what's like kind of the best course of action here. What's the quickest and cheapest way that we can kind of fix this and have it function properly and be something that can be sustainable. Like, I think that it's, it's kind of cool to be able to look at a situation where, you know, like maybe when I was a teenager, again, I don't know if you, you can relate to this at all, but when I was a teenager, maybe if I had a car problem or a problem with something that went wrong in my house and I didn't want to tell my dad about it yet because it was probably my fault. <laughs> right, like right, I, right. Would, I would maybe look at the situation. I'd be like, dude, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like the first car that I got, like we if I have some engine problems, I'm like, dude, I'm absolutely fucked on this. Yep. Like, there's nothing I can do. And then once I started working in the trades and I started to see like, dude, like, it's people that rebuild things all the time. Like, mm -hmm. This is something that's achievable. You don't have to think that it's fucked every single time. Like you can actually look, there's a solution to pretty much everything. Yeah. And I didn't actually think that way before. I don't know if you ever dealt with something like that, where maybe like if you had that problem with your toilet, like five years ago, six years ago, you'd be like, we got to call a plumber. There's no way I could do anything like this. Oh man, but for like, sure. Now you're just able to do it because you're like, I'll, I'll take a crack at it. I mean, it helps that there's YouTube videos out there. You know, I can I can watch a five minute YouTube video and feel like I'm a master plumber, but <laughs> I know I'm not. But but as far as taking a toilet tank or a tank off, you're right. There's no way I would have done this before. It's just growing that confidence through trades. And honestly, like I just watching other trades in work too. Like I'm sure you do it as well. You kind of start to pick up on a little, a few skills here and there. Like I know I'm sure you could put on a plug or a light switch, change a light fixture. Like that kind of stuff is really basic nowadays. Like it's just 
I don't know, I, you do pick up on a lot of different skills just being on a trade site, regardless what your specialty is. 100%, man. I actually, one of my good buddies is a mechanic and pretty much every time I've had a car problem that either I couldn't figure out through YouTube videos or I couldn't get my dad to figure out, I take it over to this guy. He literally, he's blown my mind so many times and I watch him do a ton of different things and I just like pick up all these little tricks and I like, it literally just makes me a lot more confident. And then, you know, a lot of the times, sometimes I just watch a YouTube video and I'm like, there's no way I can do this or I just don't have the tool for it. So I just take it to him anyways, but it gives me a good understanding of what, are, what, what, what lies within my capabilities. And it, it's kind of opened a lot, or I guess it's shined a lot more light on the things I didn't know were there before. Yeah, man. And what you touched on too is important to anybody who's listening, who's, you know, not an electrician, not a framer. Like it is good to know your boundaries. Like there's no way that I'm going to go tackle my water main coming into the house. But if I, if it comes to end supply fixtures, I feel like I, you know, I can try my hand on it mainly because I have that water shut off. <laughs> so I, I'm not feeling like I'm going to flood my house out, but I, I think that's, that's important. I mean, again, I've kind of reiterated on here quite a bit and I, I know you kind of feel the same way, but just tackling smaller and kind of incremental goals as you go along you just start to build your confidence and you're able to accomplish larger and kind of bigger tasks as you go along but it's all about building that confidence through small manageable tasks until you can really start to tackle the big ones like and that that i mean i would i would relate that to any line of life whether you're trying to save up for something or you're trying to accomplish uh getting a raise or a promotion at work it's all about just taking baby steps and slowly building up building up that confidence and and those skills moving forward right and so this is something as well that i kind of wanted to talk about earlier when you were talking about loss it's just kind of like an idea or something that you can remind yourself of but it, it does tie into exactly what we're talking about right now which is you know when you're going along the learning process when you are going through like say an apprenticeship like i am or when you're trying to learn anything because even when you are a journeyman or you run your own company or you're working for a huge company somewhere you're always in the learning experience. You're always going to be tackling new things. And one thing that I, I can't remember where this one was that I read it, but it was, you can never get mad at yourself for something you didn't know while you were learning it. Yeah. So that's like one thing that, like you're saying, like when you are wanting to get like a raise and you're making these little baby steps and then someone comes along and says like, look, I'm not going to pay you this amount because you don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. You know, like that's literally someone telling you, this is what you need to do and you'll make more money. Like, yep. you know what I mean? You can't really get mad at yourself for not knowing the things you don't know. All you can do is really just try and figure out what you don't know and get like a, an honest opinion on where you could start to learn. Well, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And it's also just having that, you know, that openness to learning, like we were talking about earlier, when you're dealing with challenges with, you know, if it's a most recently with if it's an inspection, or, you know, if it's in a relationship, or, you know, like, again, like, I try to relate everything to uh, relationships, then being a mentor. So kind of, I view, personally, I kind of view the relationship with apprentices a lot like with my kids, because I'm trying to mentor and instill as much knowledge as I can on them at all times. And then thirdly, how it relates to your own personal work life. And I think that that's so important is to, is that openness to learning and that openness to hearing other concepts or other ideas or other methods to get something done. And I think you're, you're kind of hitting on that too, because 
as long as you're open to that, you're going to be able to kind of increase your skills, increase whatever you're, you're capable of doing. And, but it all comes down to not kind of having those walls up and being stubborn. You've got to be open to hearing constructive criticism. Right. And so like, I kind of have a weird experience in the trades because I worked in the trades for about a year and a half, two years when I was like, kind of like 18, 19, 20 ish. I can't remember specifically, but it was around that time. And then I came back to it when I was around 24, 25. And I can tell you the first time around, I kind of had a lot more ego. I was a lot less, you know, I was a lot more insecure. I was, I was kind of like in that developmental, like kind of punky 18, 19, 20 year old. Don't tell me what to do. I already know how to do everything. And so I found myself getting frustrated at work all the time. If I messed up, I tried to hide it. Like I was kind of shady. I was, I was kind of an asshole that way. And I just had a genuine, like, I didn't really care about being there. To be honest, I probably didn't even deserve to be at work at the time because I just genuinely didn't care. And I didn't put in an honest effort. And yeah. just like kind of returning to it. Now I have a completely different mindset where I, I just want to grow and, and make more money. Like I kind of, I have a lot more goals in life and I kind of have a better, I guess I'm, I'm a bit more grounded in the sense that I know where I want to be at now. And now it's just a matter of like, okay, how can I excel this process? How yep. can I get smarter? How can I get more confident at work so I can get more work and get more hours in and start making more money? Yeah, man, I, I completely agree. And you know, you're a step ahead of me already because you were able to figure that out and that grounding system without having an outside influence for me. I was, you know, 25, still working out of town and I would have still been living like an absolute maniac if I hadn't met my wife. But then my wife kind of gave me that grounding system and that kind of, I don't know, a stable platform to build off of. And so again, you're already a step ahead of me. I think that's great that you figured that out. I, I it figured I figured it out about the same age, but again, it took it took some outside influence, i.e., my wife, to uh, to actually kind of shake some sense into me. But that that's awesome, man. And it it is kind of about you know, and once you have that goal in mind, and then you're able to kind of pinpoint, even if you aren't cognitively aware of what those different steps are. As soon as you start to make a few steps in the right direction, i.e. be it saving some money or, you know, trying to learn this next task, all those those next steps kind of just lay themselves out for you. And it creates this path moving forward. At least that's the way I found it. Um, my first goal, I think, was to pay off uh, a certain credit card that I had when when I met my wife, because I was like, OK, well, if I wipe this out, then I'm going to kind of be moving forward. I'm going to have less debt. I can you know, we can start to look at whatever the next ta next task is then it was saving for a wedding. And at that time, you know, we decided I would go back out of town to work because we didn't want to start our relationship, our marriage in debt, because I think that's a mistake that a lot of people do is taking on kind of that extra level of stress. And I mean, make no mistake, financial stress is probably the toughest stressor on any relationship. And so we didn't want to have that hanging over us. So then we focused on paying that off. And then after that, it was focusing on trying to save up for a down payment. But it it all comes in in steps and you've kind of got to make them, you know, make it a, a path that really kind of makes sense moving forward. Start small and and gradually move bigger and go on to bigger and loftier goals. Yeah, 100%. I like that kind of mindset. Like I, th I find goal setting is really what kind of carries me through a lot of monotonous work. Like anytime I think, 
I'm, I'm kind of like getting to the point where I'm either doing something that's super monotonous or something that's really difficult or tedious, maybe something that I just genuinely don't like doing. And you, it's one of those things that you have to do it. A lot of the times for me, it's even something that I'm afraid of. Like I'm, I'm really afraid of heights and that's something that we have to deal with. Like, again, today I was working on a balcony. So you're climbing up ladders on the side of a building. And uh, for me, that's not fun. I don't like doing it. Mm -hmm. And every single time I had to climb up and down that ladder, especially from going from the top and having to jump onto the ladder to climb down. It's the worst like part. That, yeah, that's the worst part for me. I hate it. And every single time I'm telling myself, like, if I can condition myself to do this better, then it's not going to be as bad in the future. And it opens like kind of the door for a lot more opportunities to do a lot more jobs and to be able to, you know, if I can learn this well enough, I can teach someone else how to do it. And then I won't have to do it anymore. That's kind of, <laughs> it is like actually part of my mentality. Right. And I, I always think of it as well as like, you know, if I, if I ever do kind of achieve certain, certain aspects of my goals, I won't be doing this forever. This That's part of the job, at least. That is a and very so good point. I, and I want to be able to look back at that and say, you know what? I did push myself when I was in that position. Yeah. And what I like about that, and that's something that, you know, you being an apprentice right now, I think that's such a useful tool and something that, you know, I know that there are several apprentices that listen to this podcast. And I think that's something that you really need to take forward. And I actually had um, Anthony Blankenship, uh, an author on recently, and he said that one of their mentalities through the military was to quote, train yourself out of a job, which I think directly applies to trade school, right? Like when you're, when you're an apprentice, like when I first started working, uh, I started working for my dad's company, but he didn't want there to be any idea of nepotism or anything within the company. So he had me doing any work that, that required me to be on my knees, essentially. So I was working on plugs, I was drilling out holes, I was going in crawl spaces and attics. And that was it for my first two years. He wanted to, I think he just wanted to kind of set the example within the rest of the, the journeyman on site and the other apprentices that I wasn't getting any preferential treatment being his son. And it's something that at the time, trust me, I was livid. <laughs> like I, was, I was 14, 15 going through the high school apprenticeship program. And I was pissed right off that I was stuck doing these jobs all day. But looking back on it, I am so thankful that he did that. He kind of really just burnt out any sense of an entitlement on the job site. And it's, it served me very well moving forward. I've been on bigger sites where, you know, you'll have the superintendent, his son is a first or second year apprentice. And all they want to do is the gravy work. They don't want to do anything dirty, nothing that the other first years are doing. They just expect it to be handed to them. And I'm so thankful that that wasn't me and that it really got grilled out of me at a young age. Um, and so the other thing that you were talking about too, is just this kind of this concept of moving forward and you don't like to kind of stay still. And that's something that I can relate with really well. And I think, you know, you're, you're openly very high energy. You're pro probably higher energy than me, but it's something that I like, like it's an energy that I like to feed off of when I'm at work. But I, even me, I hate stagnation in whether it be in my career or in a relationship or, you know, anything I hate it feeling stagnant and getting boring. And I think that you kind of feel the same way. It's why I I've taken on, you know, trying to do this podcast. A, I love it, but B, it gives me something to kind of fuel my passion and my energy into. And so you're going to know this way better than me, but maybe you could go off kind of your feelings on just being stagnant or getting complacent in life. And what really drives you forward? What's your mindset towards that? 
And that's a really tough one, actually, because there's a lot of people that are kind of quote unquote happy with being kind of still or steady. And for me, I kind of find like, it's, it's, yeah, it's really tough because there's, there's just so many rewards to achieving things. That's yeah. like kind of like the way I look at it, honestly, it, it almost seems like a no brainer. I do. I am very high energy. This is probably the lowest energy I'll ever be. This I know I got, like, I got you at night. So I've got, uh, I've got, got chilled Mark. Yeah, this is the laid back version of me, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I am pretty high energy. I can't really ever sit still. I've, I've always been like that fidgety type. So working in the trades kind of is really nice for me that way. And a lot of the times that I found myself very, almost like anxious for the future almost. And I've always kind of, been not weary of it but almost nervous like you know will i be able to pay my bills in the future will i be able to do x y and z will i be able to get a house will i be able to you know i've always had these kind of anxieties and kind of the best way i've always thought of it in the last couple years at least is you know you've got to be able to control what you can control Mm -hmm. and it's like why i was kind of anxious for the future because i didn't have a game plan And so once I start setting these kind of goals, small goals for myself, it kind of gave me at least peace of mind. You know, when I go to bed at night, then it's like, well, I know I made some progress in this goal that I'm making because I set a measurable goal. Mm -hmm. Say if I have to save a certain amount of money or if I want to learn a certain amount of things at work or I wanted to learn a specific thing at work, then at least I could track that goal and say like, okay, I can go to bed tonight knowing that I put in an honest effort at achieving this goal that I set for myself. And I think that is really the only way to, you know, develop ourselves, not just like financially or physically, like kind of setting a goal or or pushing yourself past your limit. But that is the only way to develop like mentally as well. That is the only real way to develop anything is kind of setting a goal that's slightly beyond your, your perceived limits or what you think you're able to do. And then just inching past it every single time, inching past it every single time. So I think that having like a goal oriented mindset like that is going to, yeah, it's going to keep you consistently progressing, but it's also going to give you the confidence that like, Hey, I can actually set this goal and then go out and achieve it. And then I could do that in other areas of my life. Right. Like I can learn how to frame a wall and I can learn how to frame a house and then I can learn how to build a whole house. Mm -hmm. And then you could apply that to other aspects of your life. Like, you know, I never thought that I would be somebody that, you know, wouldn't have debt or would be able to contribute to savings. And now I actually have a savings plan because I was able to kind of build a goal for it. Right. Well, first off, thank you for giving me the snippet that I'm going to basically clip for this episode, because that was a great little, uh, <laughs> little spiel you went on. I love that. And you know what? I could not agree with any of that more. That was you know, that's that's the exact same mindset that I kind of move forward. And what I want to touch on right before you kind of got into the meat and potatoes of that was the idea. And this isn't something that I'm going to try to shit on or put down, but that that idea of kind of being happy where you are, like I'm I'm all for that. You know, like I'm if if somebody can feel that way and they're really they're happy, they're present in whatever situation they're in. I 100 percent I'm supportive of that. That's awesome. But to me, like, I don't know if you felt this way, but sometimes there's almost that stigma around if you really want to drive and progress forward, there's kind of an idea, well, why can't you just be happy where you are? You know, take a second and smell the roses. And I'm not, that's something that I don't have in balance. It's something that I need to kind of work on is being able to be still at times and kind of 
revel in where where we've gotten to as a family and as a relationship with my wife. But it's something that, again, I don't think there should be any stigma around wanting to fulfill whatever your potential is. I mean, everybody's got that in, internally. I mean, it's something that, you know, it's it's not a matter of fact thing. It's not something that you can put your finger on. But it's amazing how people know if you're not reaching your potential, like as though it is a real thing. And so it's something that, you know, I take a lot of pride in and I try to do whatever I can to further it. And it's something that obviously is kind of reflected in your mindset as well. I don't think there should be any stigma around wanting to drive forward and trying to, to forge a path ahead and get ahead in life. Yeah. And I think, so I think that the idea of like kind of being happy, no matter what, like being happy with where you are, no matter what, like, I think that that's actually almost like a dangerous mindset a lot of the time. Because, you know, I look at myself like kind of in my late teens, early 20s, where I had a lot of, you know, poor habits, a lot of poor behaviors. And there was a lot of times where I would just blame it and say, well, like, that's just like kind of who I am. That's just how I am. You know, a lot of the times, like, for instance, I smoke cigarettes, I chew tobacco, like that kind of stupid things. And I would always tell myself, like, hey, it's just I have an addictive personality. It's just who I am. Like, I'm just going to be like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I could have taken on the mindset of like, look, you just got to be happy with where you're at. You just got to be happy, you know, kind of accept it as it comes and and just be happy with it. Well, I would still be smoking cigarettes every single day to this day. I I haven't had a cigarette in months, but I'm just saying like, I would still be smoking cigarettes all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between being happy with the situation and being accepting of reality, like Mm -hmm. kind of acknowledging the situation for how it is. And then you could be happy knowing that you're making progress to change it. Like if you're unhappy with something internally and you're externally just telling people you're happy with it, maybe it has something to do with your health. Maybe it has something to do with your finances. Maybe it has something to do with your relationship. Like if you're just kind of like, Oh, I'm just going to be happy with it. Then your situation is going to stay the exact same and resentment and hatred. If it's not for someone else, for yourself, it's going to build inside you. Right. Man, you and can be present with it and acknowledge the situation. Sorry, I'll let you go. Nope, but I nope. was just going to say this. Like, I, I think you could be present and acknowledge the situation. And then you could be like, hey, this is actually kind of fucked up in this area of my life. And you can acknowledge that and then kind of build a game plan. And then being happy in the present moment comes from the fact that you understand that you're moving towards change. Mm-hmm. You're moving towards a better situation. So being happy in the moment isn't about just like being happy about your situation. It's understanding and being present enough to be like, okay, look, this is a flaw of mine. I'm a flawed person. I'm a human being. That's fine. But this is how I'm going to try and work towards it and just try and be 1% better at it every single day. Yeah. And not to mention that it's so empowering to be able to kind of build yourself up that way. I mean, a lot of people, you know, you don't like to admit to flaws or to admit to you know, different character defects that you've got. But if you can identify them and then move past them and improve yourself, that that just gives you so much empowerment and so much confidence moving forward. Like you're able to take ownership of a situation. Now you kind of have more influence and control over it. You can direct it. You're not kind of you're not kind of at the whims or victim to whatever's going on to you. You're now in control of the situation and you can guide it the way that you want to. And I think that's so important in just taking ownership of whatever it is. Like a lot of the time, a lot of the time you learn that through failure, right? You learn that through loss. You learn that through flaws that you may have internally or 
or things that you've done to other people and you have to really reflect. And it's usually a hard conversation to have with yourself or with other people, whoever's kind of pointing it out to you. But it's something that, you know, that's where you really grow and where you can make meaningful change in any part of your life. You know, whether it's with your skills at work, if you get told by your boss that, you know, you're doing that wrong, even if you've been doing it wrong for two years, you know, now you learn the right way and it's a tough pill to swallow. There's a lot of pride that you got to eat in that. But then moving forward, you can move ahead having the correct way to do something or it's same with it's same within a relationship, man. Like I, I mean, I've been married for Jesus. I could get in a lot of trouble here coming up on six years. And it's like, it's something that, you know, we all make mistakes and it's something that, but being honest with yourself and your partner is going to get you so much farther ahead. If you, you know, you get your back up with pride or whatever it may be, it's just going to, it's going to hurt you in the present and in the future. And you're never going to be able to change it. So the future isn't going to get any better. You're just going to continually have this same kind of shit sandwich that you've got to eat over and over every day moving forward. So take ownership of that and really do what you can to kind of change that situation. And what you talked about with being kind of honest with yourself and honest with others, that's, yeah, it's, it's so important. It's the only way to kind of creating anything different for yourself. Yeah. Like I found, like I said, a lot of the time, like I, I am kind of, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a, I don't know how to word this, but a no lot worries. of the times I make mistakes. Yeah, we're right? tradespeople. Don't worry about getting eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the times we make mistakes. That's kind of what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a silly guy sometimes. There's a lot of silly mistakes that I'll make. I'm very forgetful of like small details sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a long time, it was hard for me to admit those things. But I, I noticed that the anxiety that I felt was just about actually just initially saying it. Mm-hmm. Once you say, hey, I messed this up, you don't have people getting mad at you for it anymore. I mean, they might be a little bit annoyed, but they're not going to get mad at someone who's honest about their mistake and says, like, look, like, I messed this up. How can I make sure it doesn't happen? If you're making the same mistake maybe 50, 60 times, then it gets pretty frustrating and you're probably not going to be around too long. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're open and honest and be like, hey, man, I made this mistake just now. I, I tried to take a crack at it. I thought I knew how to do it. But like, this is not the result I was looking for. Like, how can I fix this? And how can I make sure this doesn't happen again? Like that relieves pretty much that relieved all my anxiety. And then every single time that I made a mistake, I was like, oh, I can just be honest about this. Honest about it with myself. Yeah, this is my fault. Mm -hmm. Right. Not try and blame an exterior factor Mm -hmm. or someone else. Yep. Say, yeah, this is my fault. And then go and find someone else like my foreman or someone that might know a bit more about it and say, look, I messed this up. This is why I did the way I did. This is why I did it the way I did it. Sorry. And you know, how can I make sure that this doesn't happen in the future and how can I fix this right now? Yeah, man. And as long as you've got kind of good mentors ahead of you or, you know, the superiors over you are, are good and they have the right intentions for you. That's going to get you so much farther ahead, man. If you try to just hide mistakes, bury them or blame them on somebody else, it's going to get found out eventually. Like we've all kind of worked with people like that. It doesn't have to be in trades in anything. If somebody doesn't fess up to their mistakes, they try to blame them on other people. Like that kind of stuff, it may get them by for a short period of time before people wisen up to what's going on. But as soon as, as soon as that trait or that, that kind of habit is picked up on, you're done. 
Like there's, there's almost no way to come back from that because people won't have trust for you. And on a site, I mean, it's like in a relationship, it's like in, in anything, you've got to have trust with the people you're working with. And as soon as you lose that, it's next to impossible to get back. So I really like that idea. Plus it kind of, it takes yourself out of the situation. You're no longer defensive. You're admitting to it. You're open. It's just, it's such a healthier way to go about any area of life, but yeah, you're right on site for sure. And okay. So for an example, like I, one time when I was working at the mine, I was a foreman at the time and I had made a mistake on a cable pull. Uh, basically, we had four reels of cable set up to pull eight different uh, stations, these eight different pump stations on the site. And anyway, this is my first time being in charge of a cable pull. And I royally messed it up because each roll of this cable was, I don't know, it was around 25 to 30 grand per reel, right? But we're talking a big site. So that's realistically chump change on that site. But we've got four reels. I didn't even realize and now looking back on it, it's so stupid, but because they were all equally spaced, basically reel one was going to do platform one and platform eight, because it had enough cable to go to the farthest one and then the closest one, then you would do for second reel would be platform two and platform seven, because you know, you're, you're gradually, it's the same distance of cable, essentially every time. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I went, I pulled platform one and then I pulled, what was it? No, I pulled platform one, two, three, and four, I believe off of the same reel, I think I was able to get to four. No, it was just the first three. But anyway, and then I had a, a decent size cutoff from that reel. But now I had screwed us because we could not reach to eight and seven and properly get to any of the other ones. So I went out of sequence. I mean, granted, I wasn't told how to do it. But because I was a journeyman, I had enough kind of time in the field, they just assumed that I would learn it. But I fessed up to it right away, went up to the superintendent. I'm like, man, I screwed up. Like, we're not going to have enough cable here. We've got to order another reel. And, but I got it out of the way right, right as it happened. You know, I didn't, uh, I didn't try to cover it up. I knew that we were going to have to order this cable in to complete the job. And I didn't want it to become a surprise down the road as everything was trying to wrap up. And now the whole project is waiting on this one cable pull. And so, but because I fessed up to that one, I ended up getting a promotion. Like it, it didn't work it didn't work out poorly. Like, yes, they were frustrated. I got a bit of a pee pee slap for it, but at the same time, they, they kind of let me, you know, they were happy that I, I owned up to it and they were able to get that cable ordered right away. We could get that cable pulled in. It didn't hold up sight at all. And at the same time, they just realized that I was going to take ownership of my mistakes. And so they could trust me with, you know, bigger, bigger projects down the road. And they didn't think that I was going to try to cover anything up. So don't think for a second that to any of you, especially apprentices out there listening, but don't think for a second that if you try to, you know, if you, if you own up to a mistake, that it's immediately going to mean that you're fired or that you're, you know, demoted, whatever it may be. Sometimes that that's a really good kind of value, a core value to have. And that's going to get noticed by any kind of a good employer. It may not result in a, in a promotion right away. And mine wasn't right away either. It was a couple months down the road, but that was a factor that they cited in why I got the promotion was just being honest. And so it's something that I think you should really keep in mind is don't necessarily think that because you make a mistake and you own up to it, it's going to mean that you're going to get demoted or fired. 100% man. For, for you, it helps you because then your, your employer or your boss, your supervisor, your foreman, whatever, you know, it shows that you have integrity. It shows that you're accountable. It shows that you're going to be honest. You're going to be upfront and you're going to tell people how it is. You're going to say, yeah, I, I fucked this up. 
like we need to do this to fix the situation. But if you have a good leader as well, then that tells your leader a couple of things as well. Like it tells your leader a where they can be better as a leader, because if you have a, a if you had a great superintendent at the time, which I'm assuming you did, mm-hmm. he probably thought to himself when he got home that night, well, this is something that we need to, you know, foresee in the future. This is something that we need to educate people on. This is something that we need to talk to them about before they jump onto this, onto this job. Right. But it also helps them deal with you specifically in the future, not just like future foreman, but you specifically in the future. Like say you're my foreman and I'm your apprentice. Sack, and mm-hmm. I come to you all the time and I'm like, Hey, I'm having troubles with this, or I don't really know how to do this yet. Well, then it gives you a better understanding of what I struggle with more commonly. You're like, hey, Mark, I noticed that you always come to me with questions that pertain to this. Like, I think if you maybe study this a little bit more or just get more hands on practice with this a little bit more, then you'll be better off when I'm not around. Mm-hmm. Like maybe when you're working somewhere else. Like, I think that it, it gives your your leader, your your foreman or whoever is your superior in that situation an opportunity to see how to help you better. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think like any good kind of mentor relationship. So like you said, whether it be a foreman and apprentice or a journeyman and apprentice or whatever, a superintendent and then his foreman, you know, it's, it's a mutually beneficial relationship, right? Like if I have an apprentice, I want to see him succeed. If he's working faster then my list of tasks that I have to delegate to people, those tasks get accomplished faster and more efficiently, right? If, if the people working under me are doing a better job. And so that's helping me. And then I'm trying to give as much knowledge onto them as well. And so when it comes to, you know, if then I get asked as a foreman by the super, like, Hey, who's doing a good job? Like who could use a pay raise or, you know, because that question does get asked, you know, you, you, they ask for kind of who's doing the best or who's going to be your lead hand, which is basically it goes super foreman lead hand, and then your journeyman, right? So who, who do you want to be your lead hand? And those guys will get noticed, right? It's, it's such a mutually beneficial relationship because then they're going to make you look better. Your crew is now working better, completing tasks faster. So I'm going to be eligible for a raise. You're going to be eligible for a raise. And it's something that, you know, it's, it's not a zero sum game when it comes to electrical, like, or sorry, trades in general, as long as, as long as you have somebody with integrity, who's kind of working as your supervisor, then this is how relationships on your work site kind of flow and evolve, right? Like that. And again, it's, it really depends on as long as you're working for a company that operates that way. If you're not, then, you know, I wouldn't say quit your job right away because then you're out of a paycheck and you're no farther ahead, but start putting your resume together and start looking because there are companies out there who will appreciate that and they'll, they'll reward you financially, which let's face it, that's why we're all at work. We can talk till we're long in the tooth about how how great the other aspects of the job are and being of service to people, the gratitude, which I do love, don't get me wrong, but we are there for a dollar. We're there to, to make a buck and it's... um. Yeah. So if, if you're not being rewarded that way properly or how you feel is fair, then start looking around because those companies are out there and trust me, they're so much more fun to work with. You, you don't feel, you don't feel like you're stuck at a job for eight to 12 hours a day. It, it really starts to fly by. You start to feel appreciated and that can go a long way. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've worked at, um, I've worked at quite a few different jobs. Like I said, I bounced around a lot in my teen teenage years and in my early twenties, I bounced around quite a bit and I have seen a lot of different jobs where they don't really, you know, care if you're wanting to develop, they don't really care if you're wanting to, 
you know, progress in that job. It's kind of like just an entry level job and that's, it is what it is. But I've also worked at companies where you are highly rewarded when you are kind of looking for growth, looking to learn, looking to develop, looking to get better. Essentially, you're looking to add value to whatever company you're working for, yep. right? Because the company is only as valuable as what their employees can produce. So you're, you're essentially looking for ways that you can add value to them so that they can pay you more. Exactly. And, and they want to make more money. They want to be more of a valuable company. So at the end of the day, like they, they want you to progress mm-hmm. if you find the right company, right? Like if you find the right one, they're wanting you to progress. And so you guys kind of have that mutual goal of like, look, if I'm making you more money, then I'm making more money. If I can make more money, then I'll learn how to make you more money. And it's just kind of like a sim, is it symbiotic? Is that the word for it? But it, think, it sounds scientific. Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. I like that word. <laughs> it's a symbiotic relationship, right? Like it's like you scratch my back, I'm going to scratch yours and we're yep. both going to make money and be happy. Yeah, man. And so just touching on what you had said there, because I like that and it, it's all kind of the same way that I feel. And again, the big asterisk on all this is that you're working for the proper company that does actually value that. Um, but so in working in those two different kind of jobs, like which one gave you more drive to be there? The one where you're working in kind of a base rate job and you know what you're going to be getting or one that, you know, gives you incentives. Like it's, it's pretty obvious, but you know, I'll ask it to you rhetorically anyway. Yeah. Like I, I actually found myself having the most like ambition when I worked in kind of a sat, like a, like a commission based job when I did work in sales, that was kind of my most, like I want to work. But I find that now that I'm in a position where I am being praised when I am developing, I am being, I am actively being taught things. And so there is that progression all the time. And, you know, as I progress, I have the opportunity to make more money this is kind of the most fun or fulfillment I've had out of work where it's like, we have a game set, like we have a game plan set of like, we need to teach our apprentice X, Y, and Z. And so when those opportunities arise to work on something that I need to work on, then it's providing that opportunity for me to actually get that sense of, you know, fulfillment and self-confidence, which are, you know, the other things other than money that are valuable from work. Right. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So I, yeah, I mean, and you work in commission, that's one thing that I, I've never been in. And I think it would be the downfall of my career. Like I so bad when it comes to that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of close it off there. I, I, I know that it's getting late and I appreciate you, you for your time. Thank you. Um, but if you wanted to kind of go over your plugs and again, mention your podcast name, your YouTube channel, wherever people can find you. And yeah, hopefully they get in touch because again, or listen to your podcast. That's honestly my favorite way. Like I, I don't have a lot of time to watch videos, but I'd love listening to the podcast. And I think a lot of people could get a lot of value out of it. Well, I'm going to say this really quick. Zach, I think you could sell a lot better than you think because usually it's the people that are very unassuming that do very well at sales. I think that the people that are very confident in their sales uh, ability, I think you can smell a salesman a mile away. But uh, my plugs, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mark D. Henny, all one word. And uh, you can find me on YouTube as well. Same thing, Mark D. Henny, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we're all the exact same. And then my podcast is available on every single podcast platform. Hey, Mark, you can look for it there. If you're looking for 
you know, any tips or tricks, any insights in terms of mental health and self-development or the same kind of topics that we talked about today, you can go and give that a list and show some support. I really appreciate that. And, you know, Zach, I want to say thanks to you as well. I appreciate having me on here again. And uh, as always, it's been a blast, man. This is a great way to wrap up a night for me. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I think it should be noted that you post the odd uh, uh, shirtless picture on your Instagram. So for any ladies listening, follow along. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, think- you can find the odd shirtless picture on my Instagram. That's true. There you go. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, I'm sure I'll have you again on soon. Thank you so much, brother. Good night and good morning, whatever time you listen to this side. Good morning, good afternoon, good night to you as well. Amen. All right, that's it for today. I hope you guys found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, comment, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you guys have given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook, at Jacket Plaid on Twitter, and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support, and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you all again soon.